know there's something in the wake of your smile I get a notion from the look in your eyes Yeah, you've built a love But that love falls apart Your little piece of heaven Turns to talk Listen to your heart When he's calling for you Listen to your heart There's nothing else you can do I don't know where you're going And I don't know why But listen to your heart Before you tell him Sometimes you wonder if this fight is worthwhile The precious moments are all lost in the tide Yeah, they're swept away and nothing is what it seems The feeling of belonging to your dreams Listen to your heart When he's calling for you Listen to your heart There's nothing else you can do I don't know where you're going And I don't know why But listen to your heart Before You tell him
hundred days have made me older Since the last time that I saw your pretty face A thousand lies have made me colder And I don't think I can look at this the same And all the miles that separate That disappear now when I'm dreaming of your face I'm here without you, baby you're still on my lonely mind I think about you, baby And I dream about you all the time I'm here without you, baby But you're still with me in my dreams Tonight, it's only you and me Just keep rolling As the people leave their way to say hello Oh, I've heard this life is overrated But I hope that it gets better as we go Still on my lonely mind I think about you, baby And I dream about you all the time I'm here without you, baby But you're still with me in my dreams And tonight, girl, it's only I'm your host, Nikolai Sinclair, and welcome to Nick's Radio Podcast Network. Um, today with us, we have a special guest. Here with us, we have our, our special guest, and with the same name as me, Nick. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so funny. It's interesting. Anyway, <laughs> so we were talking about relationships and um, how important it is to understand the love language. 
And I think if people are able to understand that, is what Nick was telling me, I think, earlier, then, you know, people, their relationships would probably work out better. So, Nick, what is the love language? What does that mean? Well, there's several different types. Um, love languages, um, like there's physical touch, there's um, receiving gifts, affection, boosting someone's morale. Um, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head right now, but you just, everybody's different. Everybody likes different things. Um, Where most couples mess up is they reflect their own love language onto their partner. So if they're the affectionate type, they're going to shower their their significant other with affection whereas that could not necessarily be their their love language their love language could be acts of kindness or helping around the house so where they think they're spoiling their significant other and you know showing them their love and giving them everything that they feel they need it, it if the roles were reversed, they could very well not be receiving what they actually need in the relationship. That is so interesting. Um, so let me give you a, look, a little background about Nick and what we were talking about earlier. I think it's so important. So Nick is um, would say that he is a, a straight male. Mm-hmm. Would that be cis? Cis? Um, you know, the CIS? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's not funny because I mean it's important to know those, and I want to be respectful. So I, don't, I think it's called cis, cis man. And anyway, and I identify as just myself. I don't like labels, and I don't like to be put in a box. But anyway, so we were talking about relationships and how people have this assumption that typically um, men like doing stuff for people and that could could include like working and you know being the provider taking care of you know people and Nick was telling me his thoughts about it you know his previous relationships or past relationships and how he felt about that so Nick as you were saying earlier in your previous relationships when you were dating someone you felt how did you feel in the relationship well initially you know everything's great um and what nikolai was was or he thought earlier was that men just naturally love to be the providers they they love showering their significant other with gifts and they feel like that's how they take care of them Um, But coming from a straight male's point of view, it's all nice in the beginning. But what happens most of the time, unless their love language matches that, um, but most of the time it gets to a point where it's all one-sided. The person buying and giving all the gifts feels like they are used or being taken advantage of because they're not seeing any reciprocation and once that initial good feeling um 
wears off after you've, you know, been together for a while and they're not necessarily as thankful or you're just not as excited to buy them stuff uh, is typically where that switch happens. See, I think there's a miscommunication, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who gave me my information in my head, but I just had this assu- assumption. <laughs> it's a common misconception. <laughs> I just had this assumption in my head that men like hardly anything except cars and <laughs> fishing stuff <laughs> and wallets and they and you know not even the, the expensive wallets maybe the cheap one you might go for expensive wallet like wallet like maybe one time maybe a nice watch and you know uh, and then give give a man a nice watch maybe once in a while during father's day maybe even if he was, even if he isn't having kids and then like maybe or maybe like give him a, a maybe a fancy wallet or not he won't really care that's what i thought in my head at least but does that matter to you not necessarily um as a as a i guess ex provider seeing as i'm <laughs> single now um it's nice to receive gifts um but you you typically don't get what you actually want i mean yes a lot of, I'm not saying all couples, you know, they get them something and that they don't really want. I mean, I'm sure if you're in tune enough with your significant other, you, you know what they want. But at the end of the day, if, if I actually wanted something that bad, I would have already gotten it for myself. So it's a nice gesture to get a gift from someone that I'm with. But at the same time, like, for example, my love language is affection and physical touch. So rather than you buying me gifts, I'm more content with, you know, cuddling on the couch or cuddling in bed and watching a movie or, you know, just just simple caresses. It's like if I'm cooking in the kitchen, you come up and, you know, wrap your arms around me, stuff like that. So, I mean... I understand how how most people feel that buying people gifts is a sign or, you know, how you show your love. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I mean, everybody loves getting gifts. But at the same time, like, that's where we got into the conversation earlier about love languages is you just have to understand your significant other's love language what it is i'm not saying don't go buy them gifts by any means everybody loves gifts um but say i was seeing a girl and i just assumed that's that's what most people do is they assume they think everybody's the same they assume oh she's a female she's gonna want flowers so say i go buy her (laughs) flowers but her her love language is, you know, money. Not necessarily money cuz money could tie into gifts, but yeah. say her love language is physical touch or say it's acts of kindness or servitude where she prefers you just help around the house, do the dishes. Yeah, she's going to be excited initially when you walk in with those flowers or when they get delivered to her desk, but that wears off super quickly if that's not her love language she she's going to be excited especially if it gets delivered to work she gets to show off in front of her co-workers but then she gets home 
She puts them in a vase, and then she quickly gets over it while they slowly die. But on the other hand, if she were to come home that same day, say it is your anniversary or her birthday or whatever you were buying the flowers for, and she comes home and the whole house is clean and you have dinner prepared for her, that would mean a lot more to her than... Um, interesting. But, um, yeah, that would mean a lot more to her than, than receiving those flowers. Yes, that would be. And we'll be right back after this short commercial break. Stay tuned. I swear this is perfect. Come kiss me one more time. Couldn't dream this up. Even if I try, you and me in this moment feels like magic, don't it? I'm right where I wanna be. Cause everybody's talking about heaven like they just can't wait to go. Saying how it's gonna be so good, so beautiful. it's very interesting how you're talking about love love languages and how gifts you know may not be what a person's love language is it could be affection but it's interesting because in psychology we study that behavior 
is driven by four different variables. And the acronym is SEAT. The S is sensory, E means edible, A is attention, and T is tangible. So all behaviors are derived from one of those four basic um, principles, four basic things, variables, I guess. So like, for example, if a person likes a gift, that means they're, that's, that's intangible. That means that they're, they're reinforced by tangibles. So in psychology, we wouldn't really measure love because love is considered, well, in my practice at least, I wouldn't measure love because love is considered a covert behavior. It's something I can't measure, something you can't see. So I don't, in my field, I practice only overt behavior. Um, but, and there's different branches that practice, you know, um, covert behavior. I just don't necessarily, but I technically could, but I'd have to like document it using like um, permanent product or something of, of the um, occurrence. But um, that is so interesting. Um, so you said your love language is sensory, mm-hmm. according to psychology. That sensory is touching, feeling, being touched. I don't know what my love language would be because I don't, I like gifts. But then again, I'm grateful that I can buy my gifts. So I don't know. I, don't, I feel like a lot of times I get bored because people can't do anything. People don't really give me anything. But I also think I'm mostly asexual too. So I don't know. Well, that's actually a pretty good point. So a lot of people don't know their own love language they know what makes them happy but they don't really delve into the reasoning behind it or you know why that is so it makes it really hard for your partners both both past and future if you don't even understand yourself or understand your own love language because then they're left to try to figure it out for themselves and it can be pretty tricky because you can have a aversion to several different love languages, but they not be your main love language, if that makes sense. No, I man. That, that, yes, yeah. I mean, I'd say lit, like in my past relationship, the one I, I was with someone for three years, my love language would have been sensory. But after that was placed on an extinction procedure because the person was hardly ever home <laughs> then i just didn't need it anymore but I, I guess maybe that that maybe was was a traumatic event so i just my love language still could be sensory i just I just went on extinction because the person was never home so so but it probably still is sensory it's just i haven't fully deep um got over that trauma traumatic experience so that's also another good point um I know from experience, I used to work on a towboat, so I would be gone weeks at a time, which really doesn't work out well with my love language of physical touch, obviously, or for obvious reasons. So that relationship did not ever fully develop. I mean, we were together five years, but when you're gone that often and with someone that their love language is physical touch you're really only with that person when you're physically with them which would have been about a third 
of that time, of the five years we were together. So a lot of people get in the wrong type of relationship, and that's a prime example. If you travel a lot or you work a lot and or you work, you know, varying or opposite schedules and your love language is physical touch, that relationship is never going to flourish. And it could be, you know, say you have your love language is gifts um, and money and you're in a relationship with someone that doesn't have the money. I mean, they can still get you gifts and you still like them and appreciate them. But at the end of the day, they're not able to fully give you what you want. And if you are not in a position to provide yourself with those, if you don't make enough money yourself, then that relationship's never going to flourish. So you have to understand your love language and you have to understand your partner's love language and you have to make sure that they're going to be compatible with your lifestyle. Um, we will be right back after this short commercial break. Stay tuned.
tone I'm on some metamorphosis Offering third eye You heard high You talking out your mind We can't be competition I'm ready to mission Beat it down like it's nothing dog I'm smoking OG These niggas know me They call me OG But I'm just an underdog These niggas phony They call me homies Then they run the blogs Gelato kick That's in my blunt nigga I'm going add some sticky bonds To make my blunt bigger I be bouncing Have you ever lost 50k I'm talking them bands You say you did But wasn't advanced I'm talking cold hearts Stacking my cheddar is never better When you see it all Coming together Then lose again Had to stay low Get my bread up Dabbing on my rising, you know I ain't getting up Shawty on my side, she just like her nails done I'm stacking up my money, you know, till the day done Hey, I'm so insane All aboard the lyrical train, the lyrical saint Smoking OG in the paint, these niggas hating on me Steady throwing dirt on my name, reload the full five Heard it go bang, he critical bang, I'm flying Forever everlasting, my nigga, I'm never dying I'm working so hard, so you know money steady piling I ain't here for too long, so I gotta put my time in I ain't here for too long, so I'm smoking till I'm dying Okay, and we're back. So I want to describe a scenario, and I want you to tell me what you would do in the situation. You ready? Okay. So I have a friend, and this friend um, likes this person a lot. Like likes someone a lot, and they um, they. Um, the person that they like messages them to go to the club with them, right? Okay. And when they go to the club, the person leaves them alone for hours. And and then briefly, like, throughout the night, they might come down to see them one time. And then they disappear, again, for hours. So what are they doing when they disappear? They're hanging out with... Other people, and honestly, it's it's unknown. That variable is unknown. But they disappear for hours, and they tell my friend that um, that they could see them with them when they're drunk. They say that. Do you think this person likes this person? So, just to recap, they go to the club together. Is in the same vehicle or separate vehicles? Same vehicle. Same vehicle. They, so the fact, the fact that they pick your friend up, they go to the club together, and then he leaves her alone to go to hang out, supposedly, with his friends, is a huge red flag. Now, <laughs> if he is being honest with himself or her, about seeing them together regardless if he's drunk or not he would make it a point to introduce her into his social circle the fact that he's not is he's not um he's not being very upfront with her and i don't think he's being truthful um, i would first make um we'll say something else he tells her that they um, that they re- that they should get they should like have their own friends and hang out with their own friends. Huge red flag. <laughs> really? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> really? Um, it's kind of it kind of seems a bit narcissistic, to be honest. Um, one of the main goals of the narcissist is to isolate 
Um, so they want to keep you out of their social circle because they don't want their friends to start to like you or to start to take your side. They want their friends to take their side all the time. But they're, they're master manipulators. Um, they will seclude you from their social circle, but then you're always hanging out with them. So you fall away from your social circle. And at, at some point, you don't really have many friends left. You just have them. And it's that point where they have you relying on them, where they've got you. Sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm sure the, you're listening. So. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, what about, this is another friend, um, and she's okay with me telling this. So let's, uh, but I'm not going to use names. So um, there's this guy who was with my friend for nine months. Everything was perfect. She bought him everything. Now, she let me continue. She bought him everything. She bought him a fishing pole, um, a vacuum cleaner, clothes, stuff for his dog, every anything you can pretty much think of. House stuff, groceries, but pay for it. They, they drove in her car. <laughs> um, he let he would drive her car sometimes without her. And he'd invite his friend to sit in her seat, and she was in the back seat of her car. <laughs> so, what do you think about this situation? And then he broke up with her recently, like randomly after nine months, because she was talking about his friend that was in the front seat of her car while he's in the in the driver's seat of, of her her car. What do you think about this? What love language do you see? And I don't know. Well, several things there. <laughs> It doesn't sound like she understood his love language because it sounds like her love language is gifts, receiving gifts. Giving gifts. Or, or, well... Well, yeah, you're right. A lot of people mirror their own love language on their partner. So it sounds like that's her love language, and so that's how she shows her love and affection. But it didn't necessarily line up with his love language also was said friend male or female um she was the one giving gifts was a girl and he was a boy no Uh, the the friend that he would put in the front seat a girl oh okay well that his his air quote best friend Uh uh-huh and was were they best friends before after they got together before Okay. She just broke up with her, with her boyfriend. When she started riding in the front seat? Of her car, yes. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Where do we get? What do you A mean? huge red flag. Guys, so... And he, he never bought her a gift at all. Never even bought her a gift on Valentine's Day. And he never got her anything for her birthday. And she got him a gift for her birthday. So obviously he didn't understand or necessarily care about her love language. (laughs) But it's always, you got to be careful. I'm not saying men can't have female best friends. I've had my fair share of them. But most guys have secret desires or ulterior motives 
Um, they're not honest with themselves or with their quote-unquote female best friends. So the fact that they were friends for so long, even before your friends started dating him, and then all of a sudden she breaks up with her boyfriend and now he's doting on her he's letting her ride in the front seat while he's putting car. your friend in the back seat of, of her own car <laughs> he's making it a point to hang out with her more that literally screams that he wants more with this friend and he just never had a chance because she had a boyfriend but as soon as she didn't have a boyfriend anymore all of a sudden your friends started getting pushed aside and he started putting his time and effort into his friend but using it as using the mask of oh we're just best friends we've been best friends oh my gosh i think you're right and also i forgot to add this information so one time they went to this little um thing um it's like a thing where people a pool a boat a boat <laughs> i don't know why i forgot my words anyway they were on a boat right mm -hmm. and um they were t they were taking a picture and anyway on the um um she her his friend and her were taking a picture all right they were taking a picture now she kissed the girl ends up kissing his his um cheek in the picture my friend ends up going to the, going to her car and gets pissed off. Understandably. He sends her a Snapchat message and says, why did you leave? Okay, so they had been dating for how long at this point? About eight months. Eight months. Eight months. And he still used Snapchat to message her. Okay. Yes. Another red flag. So, people that use Snapchat as their main go-to communication uh, are being sketchy, 100%. Because, especially if you've been dating someone for eight months, I mean, the fact that he just sent her a message instead of calling her, huge red flag. The fact that he didn't, you know, text her, red flag. If you're constantly using Snap, it's because you don't want your significant other to see who you're talking to or what is being said between you and said individuals. I'm about to say this too. So also, he wasn't she. Okay, she wasn't allowed to go through his phone. He went through her phone, and the reason why they broke up is because he found that she was talking about that girl. That kissed him, his best friend, on the cheek. And then I'm sure he got super defensive about it. Mm -hmm. um, the more you tell me about this guy, the more narcissistic he sounds. Because the fact that he's trying to control everything, the fact that he has full access to her phone and she has zero access to his. He's using Snapchat as his main form of communication. And he tries to turn everything into being her fault and gets defensive if she tries to call him out on things that he's doing that's textbook narcissism so okay so from your perspective what do you think why did he need her like if he wanted to get with his friend 
What was the point? Because she and not trying to be insensitive when I say this, but she was essentially a placeholder until he could have what he actually wanted. He needed someone to give him that affection and that attention and shower him with gifts and, you know, all the things that come with a quote unquote relationship while he, I mean, obviously it's, it's better than just being single and waiting. You always need something to fill the void until you get what you're truly after. Sweet guys are assholes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not uh, confirming nor denying this statement. That is so interesting. I never would. I didn't know because I was thinking. I was thinking that maybe. I kept telling her that he likes her. I kept kept telling because we were. I kept saying he just likes you. She's just confused, or or he's just like. I don't know, or she's lying to him, and I don't know. But maybe you're right. Maybe he like he never even liked her. Maybe he, maybe whenever she, his friend got single, um, he was like, "Well, I don't need her anymore. <laughs> um, I don't need to date this girl anymore. My friend's single, and, and I want to date with her." So he he tried to make her, I guess, look crazy, so that way he could, you know, say she's doing this and play victim, so that way she'll be like, "Oh my gosh, guys are guys are and girls. and not to call you out, but." I know, I know you were just trying to be a good friend, but you essentially init- um, instigated, instigated oh my gosh. by trying to console her and tell him, oh, or tell her, no, he likes you. He's just confused because then that makes her second guess herself and oh second gosh. guess everything she has picked up on all those red flags. Whereas if everybody would have stepped back and looked at the whole picture and looked at all the signs and realized what was going on she could have very well have left this guy well before it got to the point it did well it's so confusing because nine months is a long time and she said she was at his house all night i mean like for nine months like at his house i just think like i understand she was a place holder maybe because i mean I'm, we don't fully know but but Nobody fully knows other than this guy. But, like, nine months? Wouldn't he have gotten bored? Wouldn't he have... I mean, if he really didn't like her. That's, a, that's a, an act to play. I mean, it's... Not necessarily. Because with the narcissist, they don't get bored because it's all a game to them. Like, they try to see how far they can push limits and what they can get away with. So it's a constant push... Um, which is why it never gets boring until they get to a point where they push them too far and they start lashing back out or they start calling them out. That that point is when they dip out. But as long as they're continuing to make progress and they're continuing to get what they want out of the relationship and continuing to push it and push the boundaries and you know see what else they can get away with, they're never going to get bored. They they thrive on the control that they get from these relationships. At one point, we even thought he was gay. We were hoping he was gay because she was thinking because we thought if he's gay, then, then then that makes everything better. Because why is that? <laughs> because if he's gay, then he didn't like Be- her. And because you wanted a reason that was out of your control <laughs> of why he didn't like her as much as she liked him. That's 
not a healthy way to deal with it doesn't make sense that's an act nine months to pull like to like i don't know i just think it's so weird how like because typically i study behavior behavior is not um random it's it's calculated no one Mm -hmm. like it's not like random so like usually it's continuous it may look differently but it's the same behavior so like for him to like just leave her that behavior just seems worse not not like no not like it seems random if it seems random or things aren't lining up for you, then you you didn't see the whole picture. You, so, and and there's nothing wrong with that at all. You're saying, like, you're saying so. You're what you're saying is that he liked he was she was a placeholder. So basically, he was getting his his needs met mm-hmm. through her, and then whenever the new girl was there, he was getting met twice. And he's like, well, I don't need this one, so let me just go. Over. Well, when when you want someone and like he has put this girl on a pedestal, it sounds like. So she could do no wrong. She was perfect in his mind anyway. Yeah. So
and we're back. <laughs> um, yeah. So what we were talking about is if it took you by surprise or you're confused or you're still not able to understand his actions, then you weren't able to see the whole picture. Um, this girl, it sounds like he put her up on a pedestal. Um, he didn't do anything for her. <laughs> it, so you mean, you mean the new friend or the, the his best friend, quote yeah, unquote. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. So he put her over the pedestal. And he made her. He made his girlfriend feel like she. She felt like she, she felt like she was competing. And she had to be like her to gain yeah. his love. And she didn't like her. And after the girl kissed him on the face, the girl came to my friend and said, um, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Just let me know if I ever do anything, you know, to hurt you. Just let me know. Mm-hmm. Like, what? She's, uh, Sounds very fake. But in in his mind, he's got this girl on a pedestal. She can do no wrong. She's She's perfect in his mind. So nobody or nothing is going to be able to compare to her. So as soon as he is able to get with this so-called perfect girl, whoever he's with, if he can't juggle her in the background and be full-time with the, the friend, then he's going to cut his losses and he's going to dedicate everything to this quote-unquote perfect girl for him now have you ever did that to a girl i'm not really no has a girl now okay are girls like that to you has a girl ever did something like that to you um i mean i've been cheated on before uh on more than one occasion really yeah um but i just i don't get the point honestly which i understand i'm i'm a lot more self conscious or not self conscious that's not the word self aware than your average person um so i i can deal with my feelings and my emotions and i can try to help my partner do the same but ultimately if you're not happy and you can't fix it there's no point in being together and it took me a while to come to terms with that i'm not gonna lie um i was i was married for five years um it took her leaving me when i quit the the boat job and she didn't think i was going to be making as much money and i just bought a very nice very expensive sports car so she in her mind thought i was you know committing career suicide uh i knew it wasn't the case but we didn't have the best you know relationship at that point to be able to talk about it she just left i'm so sorry so it's terrible it's fine because it it made me learn that we had not been happy for a really long time and I chose to stay in said marriage because I felt it was going to be better. It would make me feel better than being alone. And so it made me come to terms with that and realize that if you're not happy, life is, is way too short. 
for you to be staying in relationships that don't benefit you physically, emotionally, spiritually. You have to you you have to do everything you can to make sure you're happy in whatever aspects that you can control and relationships you definitely can control. Oh my gosh. Um I'm so sorry about that. Um but but I see, I hear what you're saying. You're you're saying that your your job your happiness is your is your your responsibility. Exactly. And it's um it's complicated when you ask someone that you're with to hey, make me happy. You know, that's something that you can only control cuz only you know your happiness. You know, like you only you know would know your love language, you know. And see, people hang on to relationships until it gets to the point where it's toxic, and that's why people can't stay friends. Whereas if you realize as soon as you realize you're not happy, you and you it's you're not going to be able to be happy with this person because they just can't provide you with what you need then at that point is when you need to have the conversation be like i i appreciate you i like you as a person but i just don't see this working out and us being happy and at that point you can still be friends with the person because you didn't let it get to a point where it got toxic i read a book by um um i know this this is a little longer than you probably thought um i read a book by um this lady her name is um esther hicks and um she calls herself abraham and she talks about you know how happiness is your is your job you know um like things that happen to you you are trapped it's she talks about this at belief of law of attraction it's a belief um anyway um it's important for you to you know to like control your 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 own emotions like i just mentioned earlier and it's a difficult job to ask someone to do that for you especially someone you're dating but i think lots of times when people come together and they date people i know personally i speaking you you want to date someone so you change because you think they'll like you you know and so you change you're like this person and then you change completely to someone that you're not and the person's like attracted to that person and then eventually you're going to come out because that's not who you are. And then when they finally see who you are, they're like, who are you? And then, or you're in a relationship and you lose yourself because you were someone else and you don't, now you don't even know who you are. <laughs> and that's, that's a perfect point because I know it's a huge debate on whether people can change or not. A lot of people say, uh, you know, They try to save their relationship by, you know, quote unquote, changing for the other individual or they, you know, I'm trying to change. I'm trying to be a better person. Ultimately, people don't change. People are the same people they are. I mean, they can they can grow. They can be more aware. They can learn who they are and be a better person. But ultimately, um, and and psychologically you have to your mind is programmed to where it's uh it it likes patterns so if you break from said pattern it your mind tells itself it's just a one-off people cannot keep breaking you can condition your mind to change and change bad habits smoking for example 
you you can quit cold turkey using this method, but people don't know. They're not aware enough. They don't do the research and they don't do the inner research in themselves um, to actually break cycles and changes people. Most changes that you see in people are temporary actions, like you said. And then once, if you don't continue and stay on that change and actually get your mind to view the change as your new normal, then you're always going to snap back to those those old habits. And that's what happens a lot in relationships is people, I'm not saying people don't try to change. They just don't do it in the proper ways due to them not knowing better. So they they change for their significant other things get better and then slowly but surely their mind snaps back to their old habits and then you know it it gets bad again or it gets back to square one um so people can change but ultimately they don't um, she gives us um we're about to in you know shortly but Abraham takes also talks about, you know, like, let's say people were given, everyone was given $2,000, you know, let's say that happened, you know, um, a month would pass, some people might have the same, you know, might have that money, or they might be exactly where they were a month before not having that money. What's the difference? The difference in who still has the money and who, who has money and the people that, that don't have money still don't have money. What's the difference? Like, what, what why is that? What is that? In my opinion, it's habits and it's self-control and it's mindset. 100% mindset, the way you think. Yes. If you think in a lack mentality and you, you, you spend, spend, you think, I gotta spend this money, you know, if I don't spend, you know, if I don't spend it, it could be gone tomorrow, you know, that mindset, like it's your mindset. Your mindset is the precursor to everything. It's the precursor to life, you know, the way you think creates things or doesn't, you know. So I think that that's what you think you mentioned affirmations earlier. It's so important. Whatever you tell yourself is so important, you know, and if you tell yourself negative thoughts, you know, you experience them. And I think whatever, with a relationship, it's good to go into a relationship with your own thoughts, being yourself, not changing to be what people you think people want you to be, because you can't, you could, people can tell you all that any day, what they w- would like to see from you, but only, you know, yourself, you know, and that's all that's all you have access to is you so with that like if someone tells you you should change and be this way you're gonna see you're gonna eventually resent them because you weren't wired to like be that kind of person because you were wired to be you you know otherwise you'd be like everyone else Mm -hmm. so i think when abraham six i'm sorry abraham hicks said that when it comes to relationships you should everyone should go in a relationship and just say um uh, let's stay let's just see how it goes mm. no no expectations nothing just just go in with a you know a blank slate being yourself you know and don't try to change because when you do it is a hurting you because that's not who you are mm-hmm. you're just you just be yourself you know and if you want to you can be whatever you want to be i guess in in the relationship but like tell yourself that you know and this has nothing to do with i guess relationships i, I guess it's really about I guess manifesting and you know just going whatever you want to be you can be I think I'm tired <laughs> so that's that's a good point you should be 
in relationships where you're able to be yourself and the other person is able to be themselves, which, you know, you can't know the other person, but you do know yourself. So if you find yourself having to change or be a different person to be with this person, that's already the first red flag that you shouldn't be with this person. So if you truly want to be happy, find that relationship that makes you happy while you're being yourself. Before we end, I'm going to tell you a little quick (laughs) info about a relationship I was in, like, I guess, four weeks ago. So I was talking to someone four weeks ago, and the person, literally, they're not a bad person. I know, I mean, they're an amazing person. Because everyone is who they are, and that's fine, you know? If they're not for me, that's fine, too. And the person, I, I guess, was not fine for me. So this person would tell me they would, they, would, they would tell me this they would they would be like i like you nick but you should you know you should message me in the morning and say good morning you should um they would just say little little sly things like that to me you should do this you know it'd be sweet if you got me a gift it would be sweet if you did this it'd be sweet if we did that you know you should do this for you you know for for, for us and i i think that's so great that they have these ideas for what i should do for them or i think that's wonderful but that's that's uh, that's not me. I don't want to be someone I'm not, and I wasn't wired to be what they want me to be. And see, he might have unconsciously or consciously. I didn't say, how do you know? Say he? I'm just lying. <laughs> they them could have unconsciously or consciously been telling you what their love language was because you weren't providing them what they needed in the relationship but do you think isn't it a lot of responsibility to ask someone for you to ask someone hey can you do this can you complete me can you can can you like bend backwards and be everything i want you to be no but that's where the self-awareness comes in and if you can while you're still courting the person or y'all are talking see these are the the conversations that need to be had before y'all become official you need to know what their love language is they need to know what yours is y'all need to know where you stand mentally um spiritually like nobody asks the important questions anymore they just go off the vibe which there's nothing wrong you know i'm i pick up on vibes so i understand but ultimately, if I were to date someone, there's a lot more questions that need to be asked. So I know that I'm not wasting either one of our our time, you know. And people don't want to ask the important questions because initially they feel good because someone is showing them attention and someone likes them. So they ignore the important stuff. Because they feel like, oh, well, we'll just make it work. Wrong. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely horrible. That sounds like a disaster. Um, like, yeah, like, be with someone that makes you happy. And if they don't, then don't. I've, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds, I guess, like, I don't know. Because literally, it's a lot to ask someone to change, to you know, to be what you want them to be. That's that's wrong, I think. It's not fair to them. Like, no. like, I want you to wear a cat suit, and I want you to spin around backwards. I mean, literally, like, that just sounds like a lot to ask, you know? Like, my, my best friend, she, ta- she tells me, like, about her boyfriend. And she says that the sex is terrible with him because he's 
It feels like they're playing Twister. Oh. <laughs> I just think it's so, I have to share it. I hope she doesn't hear this because she might get mad. But <laughs> he's like, he'll tell her, spin around. Okay, stop. <laughs> Move this way. Stop. And it just, it just sounds awful. Well, I, I appreciate the attempt of communication in the bedroom. But yeah. there <laughs> is obviously a disconnect somewhere in there that needs to be worked out. <laughs> Well, that wraps up our our, uh, podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for having me. No problem. You're welcome. I mean, thank you. Thank you you for coming on. All right. And um, we'll, we'll end the show with some more music. Stay tuned. Call me OG, but I'm just an underdog. These niggas phony, they call me homies, and they run the blogs. Just a lot of weight that's in my blunt, nigga. Go and add some sticky bonds to make my blunt bigger. I be bouncing. Have you ever lost 50k? I'm talking them bands. You say you did, but wasn't advanced. I'm talking cold hearts, stacking my cheddar. It's never better when you see it all coming together. Then lose again. Had to stay low, get my bread up. Dabbing on my rising, you know I ain't getting up. Shorty on my side, she just like her nails done. I'm stacking up my money, you know, till the day done. Hey, I'm so insane. All aboard the lyrical train, the lyrical saint Smoking OG in the paint, these niggas hating on me Steady throwing dirt on my name, reload the full five Heard it go bang, he critical bang, I'm flying Forever everlasting, my nigga, I'm never dying I'm working so hard, so you know money steady piling I ain't here for too long, so I gotta put my time in I ain't here for too long, so I'm smoking till I'm dying Just forget, no, 
Let's pick up the pace 